Amen. I want to speak with you about how to be blessed by God. What are the secrets? What's the bottom line? The truths that will connect us with God so that we can be mightily blessed by God. How many of you know that God really wants to bless you? God wants to bless you big time, big time. A man wrote this email to his pastor. He says, Pastor, I have been a Christian now for several years, and although I know I'm growing spiritually, I have a deep hunger for more of the blessing of God. You have that feeling? You should. I don't want to be satisfied with casual Christianity that I see in many people around me. I want all that God has for me, and I want his blessing on my life. I want his blessing on my family. And it seems people have tapped into God's blessing. Can you tell me what it takes to be blessed by God? You know, I don't know if that resonates with you, but my heart sure resonates with it. Ever since I became a follower of Jesus, I've never been satisfied with casual Christianity, going through the motions as though this was a ritual. I've always wanted all of God for my life. And I hope that at this stage of your life in your Christian journey, that is your desire because God wants to wow you and bless you mightily. Nothing matters more to me than the blessing of God, not the fame and the popularity of others. I don't want to fit in. I'm not interested in that. Uh, I want the approval of God. I want the glory of God. I want the time here that I've left, which is less than what has been behind me. I want to be all about the glory of God. That what the Lord sent me here and has kept me here, kept me here. If he didn't need me or need, God didn't need you here, you wouldn't have woken up this morning. But he's got a plan and a purpose for your life, and I don't want to waste that. And I hope you are in this stage of your life that you've made the decision that you don't want to waste your life on trivial doing. You don't want to waste your life on things that won't matter a year, five years, ten years, that when you go to heaven, it will have no blessing in your life. I hope you want God's blessing on your life and your family and your generation. So I've taken the time to study that, that what does it take to be blessed by God? What does it take to experience the blessing of God in a significant way? Why does it seem that others are mightily blessed by God and some are not? And I've, as I've read through scripture and I've studied the biographies of great Christians, I've learned that there are really three secrets to the blessing of God upon your life. Three of them, not a million, three of them. And today I want to expose you with that. Let me tell you what it, what it is. It's found in the last portion of the Lord's Prayer that Jesus gave to us in Matthew 6. Matthew 6. Matthew 6. And it, it, it goes like this. Read that with me up on your screen, on, on, on your sermon outline. In Matthew 6, 13, Jesus will speak. He says, says, pray like this. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory Forever and ever. And note these three things. Kingdom, power, and glory. And these three words are what it takes to be blessed by God. Kingdom, power, and glory. And this is the secret key to unlock the uncommon blessing of God for your life. Regardless of your past. Regardless of where you came from. Regardless of the environment that you're in. That if you want the blessing of God more than anything else, seek the kingdom, the power, 
in the glory of God. And so here are the three secrets, three truths that has happened time and time again for anyone who wants the blessing of God. Monumental blessing of God, life-changing blessing, radical blessing of God. It is first, you must seek God's kingdom. You must depend on God's power. You must live for God's glory. Seek God's kingdom, depend on God's power, live for God's glory. Three truths. Three truths. For thine is the kingdom, thine is the power, thine is the glory forever and ever. Seek God's kingdom, depend on his power, live for his glory. You do these three things, you're going to be blessed by God beyond your age, your race, your education, your past, your background, beyond your ancestors, beyond the economy, beyond the situation that you are in. And so these are the three things, my brother, my sister, that when you pursue that diligently from now until you see Jesus face to face, your life will radically be changed. Seek God's kingdom, depend on his power, live for his glory. It's not 200 things that you have to jump through. And all these things, the Holy Spirit will enable, it will empower you, will encourage you if you desire that, for that to happen in your life. And so let's delve right into it. Number one is this. Read that with me on your screen, right on your sermon outline. God does what blesses people who what? seek his kingdom. One more time. God blesses people who seek his kingdom. Now what does that mean, God's kingdom? It means you make God's agenda your agenda. It means you make God's plans for your life your plan for your life. It's not about asking God to bless your plans because many times your plans will fail. But it is what? Asking God to reveal his plan for your life so that you cooperate with God to bring to pass the things that he wants to do in your life. He sent you here and he's got a big plan far greater than what you want for your life. Seeking God's kingdom. Little means that for the rest of your life you declare and decree that it's all about God's way not my way. God's will, not my will. And you say, God, I want you to help me do what you are blessing, not bless what I'm doing. God will not bless everything we do. Do you believe that? Because half the time, what we want to do, it's not of God. The Bible says the heart is so wicked who will know its ways. But when you are interested in allowing yourself, aligning yourself with what God is doing, then you're going to be blessed by God. Everybody got blessed that did what God wanted them to do, not what they want to do. You look at Abraham, you look at Noah, you look at Joseph, you look at Jacob, you look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you look at Daniel, you look at Deborah, you look at Esther, you look at Hannah. All of them were, were determined to do God's will and in obedience to God's will, they found their place in life. A major part of Jesus' teaching is the Sermon on the Mount. And at the heart of the Sermon on the Mount, it's in Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7. In Matthew 6, the, the, the first 32 verses, Jesus talks all about worry. And he says, these are the things that people normally worry about. They worry about their future. They worry about their happiness. They worry about their health. They worry about their security. They worry about their relationships. They worry about money. They worry about clothes. They're going to wear. They worry about food. They're going to eat and drink. And he says, all these things, you don't really need to worry about them. Because if you put me first... I will add all these things to you. If you put me, the things that people worry about, <laughs> all these things, your happiness, your health, your relationships, your career, your family, what are you going to eat, what are you going to wear, all these things, it says if you put them first, you're going to miss the most important things in life. And here's what he tells us. Look at, look at Matthew 6, verse 32. 
Look, honey, Matthew 6, verse 33. Read that with me. He says what? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And it goes back and says, what are all these things? The things that he talked about in the first 32 verses. Relationships, your health, your finances, your job, your happiness, your career, your family, all these things. He says, you're going to worry about that until the cows come home. The minute you think you've solved one, another will pop up. Another will pop up. And sometimes it's not just one after the other. They come in batches. I mean, it's like five of them at a time, ten of them at a time. And when you think, well, I've got this area licked up in life, there are others that are falling apart. And God is saying, hey, all other things will be resolved with one thing. One thing, right? One thing. Seek God first. I, I, I like it how it, it's been. It, it, I like how it's said in the living Bible. In the living Bible. Look at what it says. It says, he got what? Will give them to you. If you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to do. Give God first place in your life and live. That, that's, that, 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 that. This is kingdom living. Seeking God's will first. He will take care of your health, your kids, your job, your money. You say, well, he says, where am I going to retire? How, how is going to happen about this? God already knows it. He knows it. And he will get, have it all put together for you if you seek him first. Now, <laughs> this is a 100% guaranteed policy. It's like an insurance policy. God says, seek me first and I'll take care of everything. Right? Now, isn't that what, what an insurance policy is about? He says, well, buy this, and when you have an accident, we'll get you all covered. Get this homeowner policy, and when something happens to your roof or something happens to that, we'll fix it for you. But you know that with every policy, there are some caveats on that. <laughs> but this is a 100% guaranteed policy. It covers your entire life. And he asked the word all. He will give them to you if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to do. And God is saying, he's, he's going to get you covered. Every area of your life, God is saying, I've got you covered. And so here's a secret, my brother, my sister. If you're looking for a punchline today to say, hey, I want the bottom line is this. Is this. The first secret to God's blessing, uncommon blessing in your life is this. Please read that with me. It says, what? whatever I want God to bless, I must what? put him first. In. Whatever I want God to bless. If you want God to bless your career, make God first in your career. In your marriage, put him first in your marriage. Whatever it is in your parenting, in your health, everything is like make God the number one person in your life. And God's going to radically bless you. My brother, my sister, where obviously do you want God to bless you? Well, put him first. For me, I want God to bless every area of my life. And so what? I have chosen to put God first in my life. Physically, mentally, socially, spiritually, relational, all these things. You don't say, well, in this area I'm believing on God, but this area let me go do my own thing. It's not going to happen. Guess what's going to happen? I mean, it's like leaving your home and then leaving your door open. Just leaving the door wide open. 
You've left the, the door of your life, you left the door of your marriage open, left the door of your job open, left the door of your parenting open, left the door of your health open because you're focused on one thing and you said, God, this is what I want to obey you, but the other things I will not. This is not like a buffet where you go and you say, well, I want this, I want these crops, but I don't want this meat, I don't want this stuff here, I don't want all this, this stuff, but I, I, I want this. No, you can't, you, you can't cherry pick. You, you take God for all he is. He says, seek me first above all else. The totality of God, and it says, all other things shall be added unto you. Let me give you five areas. The key word is first. Say, say the word with me. First. First. And if you're in this church, sometimes I, I like to put things in acronym, right? In, in acrostic way so you can understand. So F-I-R-S-T. What, what's that? What, what, F -I -R -S -T. First, my finances, my interest, my relationships, my schedule, and my troubles. Bring him in. And so look at first your finances. Your finances. Where does God want to be first in your life? First is your finances. I tell you what, money is everything, right? I mean, if you love somebody and you don't give them something, you don't love them, right? If somebody says, I'm going to hire you, the way they show value in you as hiring you is by paying you every, everything. I mean, if you miss one paycheck or two paycheck, it tells you your, your, the company really doesn't care about you. I'm sure you probably are going to be looking for another job. And God uses money, not that he needs our money. He needs money as a temperature check to gauge if we really are connected with him. So look at what the Bible says in Proverbs 3.90.10. Proverbs 3.90.10. Amen. God is saying what? He says what? Honor the Lord with your wealth. With what? The first and best part of all your income. Then your bonds will be full and your vaults will what? Overflow. Now, you say, I like the full and I like the overflow part. How am I going to get it? God says the first and the best part. If you want God to bless your finances, which I do and I want for your life also, it can be clearer than this. You got to give God the first and the best. And what God calls the first and the best is not 100% of your income, not 80% of your income, not even 50%, but just 10% of it. 10% of it. You got to tight. You got it. It, it. it didn't come from you. God gave you the strength, gave you the job. If you look back at your life, God has blessed you more in your life. He says, hey, this is how I prove that you really, really care about me. Every dollar I give you, how about you give 10% to the work of God? Every $1,000 I give you, why don't you take $100 out of that? And guess what? That $100 you get, give me what will bear forth much interest. You put it into the work of the Lord. Where the Lord is feeding you in that local church, in that ministry, you sow into that ministry. And guess what? What's going to happen to that 90%? What is going to happen to that? You have more of that 90% and left over if you put God first in your finances. And he's giving you that number. He's giving you that number. He says, try me out and see if I'm not going to bless you beyond your ability, beyond your proportion, beyond what you think, ask or imagine. You know... There is one thing that Mirror and I agree on. It's, I mean, when it comes to giving to the Lord, it's like the first 10% has to go to God. There are no qualms about that. There are no qualms about that. That if we're going to owe somebody, we're not going to owe God. We'd rather not pay a bill than what give what God has given us because it is from him that that, that we are. The blessing of the Lord. We don't want to cut it off. And so we want to be obedient to him. And God said, do this. 
honor. Honor me. It's an honor. It's a statement of honor. Honor the Lord with the wealth and with the very first best of your income. Then your bonds will be full and your vats will overflow. So put him first what? The first thing is what? Your income. God gave it to you. What? Give to God. And guess what's going to give? God will cause others to sow in your life. God will put good people in your path. God will cause breaks to come your way. He will do it over and over again, time and time again. So put God first. F is what? Finances. Well, I is what? Interest. And God just doesn't just want your finances. He wants your interest. He wants your career. This includes your recreation, your hobbies, anything you're interested in. It means you give God first consideration in every decision that you make. You say, what would Jesus want me to do? What is it that I do that God will bless me? In this area of life, in this trust or action, in this travel, in this decision that I'm making, is this something that will honor God? If it is, right, if God gives you the green light, then God will bless it. Other than that, guess what? You will bark on the door and you'll bring more trouble to your life than it's worth it. Look at what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Whatever you do, do everything to what? The glory of God. If God can take glory in it, if this is the kind of stuff where the angels will hold back, the protection of God isn't going to work for you. Where the spirit of God cannot cover you, why do you want to go alone? God will not bless what you want. God will bless what he's chosen to bless. And so when you say, well, I'm just going to act like my neighbors. I'm going to act like my unsaved family members just to please them. Guess what you're doing? You are putting yourself outside of the protection and the blessing of Almighty God. God is not obligated to bless you when you are walking out of the will of God. It's like you climb on top of this building and say, well, I'm going to fall down. And God will catch me while I'm falling down. God is saying, you, you, really? I've created a law of gravity and when you, the, the, the minute you leave yourself down, the angels are not going to protect you. You're going to break your neck, break your leg. You know, if you live, if you live, then it will teach you common sense. So you do what glorifies God in every action on the job. It doesn't care who is saying that, doesn't care who's knocking on your door, doesn't care who's not going to be your friend anymore. Do they pay your bills? They don't pay your bills, so why are you trying to live for them? Live for the glory of God. Put God first in your interest, and God says, all other things shall be added to you. If you receive this message, say amen to that. God says, I will bless you when you seek me first. So seek God first in your finances, in your interest. How about the R in your relationships? God wants to be first in your relationships, in your friendships. Listen, there are some people you should pray for. You should say hello to them. You should be nice to them, but the stuff that they do, you shouldn't envy it or want to copy them. My grandmother, you say, show me your friends, and I'll show you what. Because they could infect you. They could infect your life, your parenting, your marriage, your choices. All of a sudden, you're just walking now feeling like my life sucks because some unbeliever somewhere is doing something that all of a sudden you feel like you've been here for all years So look at what they're doing. If they're not doing it God's way, let them have it. Let them have it. Glory to Almighty God. And so in all your relationships, in all your acquaintances, in all your connections with people, it's got to honor God. You keep God first in your relationships. Listen, my brother and my sister, the, the safest place for a wife to be is to be number two in your husband's heart. 
The safest place for a husband to be is to be number two in your wife's heart. God has to be number one. The safest place for your children to be is to be number two in your heart. Because if you make a human being number one in your heart, they can never meet your needs. They will let you down and you will let yourself down every time again. You say, oh, my husband, if I think of them, I will get up. Get up all you want to. They can't even meet all their needs. Why are you putting all your hopes in a human being who is infallible, who is like vapor, who is here today? Listen, anything that anyone does to you, to God be the glory. You thank them and you give glory to Almighty God. So God has to be, is anyone hearing me? Listen, the older we get as human beings and, and God gives us access. And if you walk with God, God, God's blessing you. I look at those who are here in this place and I see how the Lord is blessing you. But how many of you know this for, for truth? That the older you get and the more access and opportunity and blessing comes your way, you realize that there are so many things you can do. You can control your life. You can control the weather. You can control your family. You can control your kids. You can control your grandkids. You can control anything that's happening in your life. There are so many things that are out of your control. And so for you to take another human being to say this person is my God. What's happened to you? What can you handle in your own life? Did you wake yourself up this morning? The air you breathe, where did it come from? Your heart that is beating, who caused it? There are people, there are people who have a stronger DNA, who have a better health, who are doing something that is earth-shaking that did not wake up. That, how many of you have seen on the news? The movers and shakers, people who we know, we know in society has, has glory to God. I, I mean, January 1, 2022, did not come and see. They didn't see that day. You say, oh, so-and-so has passed away. What happened? So you keep God first in your relationship. Because it is not fair to make somebody number one in your life. They can never meet that. Look at what the Bible says. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. Right? But two can stand back to back and conquer. He says one person by yourself is worse. Two is okay. But it says, guess what? Three. Uh, even what? Now how many of you want the better part? I mean, why do you want to settle for just you, you by yourself? Or it's like, oh, this is me and my wife or me and my kids and me and my family. We have a close-knit family. God bless you. It's good. We all need to cooperate with people. We need to get along with people around us. But it says three is what? Three is what? And who is the third person? God. And he puts, he says what? He says, he says what? For what? A triple-braided cord is not easily broken. I mean, those of you who know how to plate your hair, you know when you tie something three times, it's really strong. It's, that's what, that, 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 this is what happens when, when you and your, your spouse, you and your family, you and your loved ones are connected. You see eye to eye. You are invested in supporting each other, and you bring God in the mix. It says it's even better. Say the word even better. Yeah. What? Even what? Yeah. Well, why do you want to settle for less? So you put God... First in your relationships and the blessing of God. Oh, if somebody is receiving this message, say amen to that. Yeah. So put God first, right, and all other things shall be added unto you. 
right? F is what your finances, I is what your interests, R is what your relationships. Look at the S piece. S piece is what your schedule. Now, you've done the right thing today. You are coming to church. It means what? If the first day of the week, first Sunday of the month, you are in the house of the Lord. You do the right thing where you're putting God first in your schedule. Put God first in your schedule. It means that the very first things that you, before you talk to anybody else, maybe just say hello to your spouse or something like that. Hi, honey, how you doing? So forth. But what? You go straight to talking to God. You go straight to talking to God. Right? Before you check social media to see who is dressing and who is set what and so forth, what food somebody else is eating or what crap somebody else is saying, what? You talk to God first. There are some people who are posting every day, posting every day, posting every day, posting every day. Don't let them distract you. Start, give God first time on your schedule. Look at what Moses says in, in Psalm 90 verse 12 and 14. Teach us, Lord, to what? Number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Satisfy us when? Each morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. We sang a song where, there, you know, there is joy. There is a joy in the house of the Lord. God, you, God starts you right. All that confusion, all that heartache, all that pain, all that stress, all the things that you want to do that you can't do, everything that you've heard in the past, everything that's happened in your life. It says you start the day right with God. You go to God and God hits the reset button that the past is gone. And today we're going to start your freshness. So you start each day. You give God the first thing in your life. If you're in this church, you have so many ways to pray. Write this down, Acts. You say, well, I don't have time. I don't have time to pray. Well, you, you do the Acts model. A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Adoration. You just worship God. God, you are my God. Declare who God is in your life. You are faithful. You're my father. You're my husband. You're my friend. You're my brother. You're my protector. I thank you, Lord, for being the God of my life. I just give you glory, and I need you. You are here. Adoration. You adore and you worship God. Second is confession. God, I want to be with you today. I want my life to bring you glory. I want to do what you want me to do today. Everything I've done that is wrong, forgive me of my sins. Expose any wrong thing I'm doing, any thoughts that are not of you, any path that I'm on that will lead to my destruction. God, take it away from me. I confess all my sins. Confession. You confess your willingness and dependence on God, and you confess your sin before God. And you ask God to give you a fresh start. That's the C part. The T is thanksgiving. Has God done something good in your life? Don't be ungrateful. God, I want to thank you. In spite of it all, you've been my God. You've brought me this far. Look at what you've done for me. I didn't even imagine that I would be here today, but you've been good to me. Even in your pain, even in your sickness, can you thank God? Can anybody thank God that God has been good to you? If you were to write a list, right, and put two columns, two columns on the piece of paper, one on the left side, all the good things that happened to you, on the right side, all the bad things that have happened to you, I will guarantee you as a child of God, the good things that have happened to you will far outweigh the bad things that have happened to you. And in many cases, God has even what, turned the bad things that are on the right side, what, turned it into a blessing on the right side. And so you got to thank God. God says in all things, we should give him thanks. So adoration, A, C, confession, T, thanksgiving, S is what, supplications. Bring all your problems to God. Tell God what, what he wants to do in love. God, you know, my, my problems, my job, my kid, my health, my finances, this project that I'm working on, this trip that I'm going to take today. You throw all your, all your worries on God, and then you thank him. You can do this in five minutes, 30 minutes, or one hour. You can do it while you are, you are in the bathroom. 
You can do it while you were brushing your teeth. You can do it while you were in the car. There's no excuse for you not to come to God. And it says to give God time. Give God time on your schedule. Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. You start the day with God. You are living like a million bucks. You are walking out of your bedroom empowered by God. Teach us to number our days so we'll gain a heart of wisdom. Wisdom is do knowing the right thing and empowered to do it even when people are laughing at you. It doesn't matter. You don't need the approval. I don't need anybody, anybody to say, good job on Sunday. I come here because I'm filled with wisdom. I'm encouraged and empowered by God to do what God wants me to do. And that's what will happen to you when you align your schedule in line with what God wants you to do. If you receive that, say amen to them. Glory to Almighty God. So F, put God first. All other things shall be added unto you. Your finances, your interests, your relationship, your schedule. And the T part is what? Your troubles. Your troubles. It says each day has trouble of itself. If you don't have any troubles, then you are not living. And so don't hide from your problems. Bring them to God because your problems are a blessing in disguise. Your problems are what? A miracle waiting for God to turn around if you let him. That means that when you have a problem, you turn immediately to God. You turn first to God every time you have a trouble, you have a problem, you're under stress. Prayer ought to be your, your first choice, not your last resort. But the very first thing you do and every day, there are some situations in your life. It's not that God hasn't hurt you. But he wants you to express your dependence on him because many times we talk to God about it and then we go do something else. And God says, okay, you told me to solve this, but now you are running around doing it your own way. Do you really want me to solve it? So prayer is good for us. It tells us that I'm waiting on God. I'm depending on God. I'm trusting in God. Not that God wants us to come and tell him 50 times like a kid bothering us. Mom, dad, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? No, God doesn't need you to remind him, but it's for you. Because every time you come, in, you come to God and you tell him about your problems, God what? He says, I'll give you my peace. That surpasses all understanding. God undergods you with peace, with stamina, with joy, that the problem doesn't become your God. The problem doesn't become your identity. You know how many people who are sick and they are walking around feeling so weak and horrible and terrible because of their sickness? They feel like they don't count. They feel like they are a little doormat because of their job, because of their financial situation. He says, when you come and pray to God, God will give you his peace. Peace means possession of adequate resources. You have the problem, but the problem no longer has you. The problem, it could stay until you die. It, it has no effect. You have become more than a conqueror. Glory to Almighty God. And it's like, I have this problem, but look at, I mean, it's like, it, glory to God. God will dry your tears, remove your fear, fill you with hope and joy. The problem is that he says, if you're going to be here, go ahead and be here because now I've moved on. You're bigger than the problem. That's what God does through, through, it's in glory to Almighty God. And so you come and you bring your problems to God so that God will strengthen you. God says, he says, on the day of trouble, I will, what? I will, give, I, I will, I will give you a, a higher standard. I will raise up a higher standard. I will give you more guts, more stamina, more courage, more peace. Glory to Almighty God. You will become fearless, fearless in the midst of your problems. Glory to Almighty God. 
And that's what God tells us. Oh, look at this portion of scripture. In Psalm 50 verse 15, it says, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you honor me. When will God deliver you? When will God deliver you? In the day of trouble when you call on him. You still have the problem, but you've been delivered from the problem. So that when you come back to God, says, God, I thank you. I know you've heard me. I praise you for the peace you've given me. I don't know why I'm not worried about this because I know that you will make a way. You've been delivered from the problem. Let your enemies be the one who are talking about it, but the problem doesn't. Let them worry about it. Oh, so forth. The other day, someone said, Pastor Mike, I worry about you. <laughs> I said, I'm thinking, are you out of your mind? I am sleeping like a baby. I'm living my best life ever. Living my best life ever. And you are worried about me, really? You don't have anything to be concerned about and to focus on that you are thinking about my life? Oh, really? I said, I said, no, 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 no. Right? That's what Jesus told them. Weep not for me. Right? <laughs> but weep for your children. And so we bring out glory to Almighty God. We, God says, it says, seek God first above all else. And it says, all other things shall be added unto you. What is first? Keep God first in your finances, in your interest, in your relationship, in your schedule, and in your what? Trouble. Cast all your troubles and worries on the Lord, for the Lord will care for you. I'll take care of all your needs, and you won't have to worry about it if you seek me first. If you receive that, say amen. amen. For thine is the kingdom. You seek God's kingdom first. How? By making God first in every area of your life. There's a second also, a thing that God tells us where we, we will receive his uncommon blessing. It is this. God blesses, look at this. God blesses people who, are, who depend on his power. Say that one more with me. God blesses people who, are, who depend on his power. God blesses people who depend on his power. Jesus said it right. He says, if you abide in me and I abide in you, then you can ask whatever you want and I'll do it. He says, we are sheep and we need a shepherd to guide us. We are branches and we got to get connected to the vine to receive nutrients from it. We are like the body that is connected to the trunk and a hand can say, well, I don't need the feet and I don't need all that. We are connected to God and with God we are integrated. Without God we are disintegrated. We need the power of God. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And so God blesses those who depend on his power. Look at Psalm 84, verse 5. Uh, Psalm 84, verse 5, the psalmist tells us, it says, you, God, do what? Bless all who depend on on you for their strength. You see the word all? If you can depend on God, God will give you strength. God will what? Bless you with strength. Physical strength, financial strength, emotional strength, spiritual strength, vocational strength, every area of strength. God will equip you beyond your age, your race, your education, your sphere of contact. Say, Pastor Mike, I don't have anybody. One plus God equals a majority. There are people who have a bunch of people in their life, and they are failing to the hilt. And there are others who are just the only child with no one around. Everybody is not around them, and they are being blessed mightily. It says, depend on God, and God will show you something. You bless all who depend on you for strength. And God is telling us that I don't bless self-sufficient people. 
E você, I figure out, oh, I don't need anybody, I don't need anybody, I don't need anybody, I don't need anybody. Well, you need God. Self-sufficient people are not blessed by God. God doesn't bless people who say, I can do it all on my own. When you say, well, I don't need help. Asking for help is weak. Telling God I need help is weak. I got it covered. I know what I'm doing. Knock yourself out. How many of you have realized in life that what we think was a right way has ended into disaster? The Bible says there's a way that seems right. Oh, I should raise both hands up. And I felt I'm on the right path. It's going to work out great. And it seems like it's going great. And boy, what a great crash. God, but God blesses those who recognize the truth that we need God's help. We need God's help. And David said, from whence cometh my help? I look up to the hills. My help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And if you're going to depend on God's help and God's strength in your life, that means that you're not depending just on yourself. What does it take to depend on God? It takes faith. God blesses those who have faith in him. It takes faith to depend on God. Right now, right now, right now, who are you depending on? Who, who, who are you depending on? Are you depending on the economy? Are you depending on the IRS to bring you your, 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 your tax refund after you do your taxes? Well, the money will come home, but if you're depending on that, guess what? The money will come and what? Are you depending on Biden? I pray for him and his family, oh. Wish him well, but your help should come from where? God blesses those who depend on who? And we depend on God when we have faith, when we trust in God. Today, today, may God, may God stir up your heart to trust in God. Whatever it is that you need, trust in the Lord and what God is going to do. He will make a way where there is no way. He will bring you success where you and others have failed. He will cause rivers, he tells us, to come out of the desert. God, God will open doors that have been closed for you. He will touch hearts and minds. Difficult things will become easy for you when you depend on God, when you have faith in God. And one person that God has put up as a model of faith is Papa Abraham. Say the word Abraham with me. God called him the father of all faith. Just look at him. Look at Abraham. He said, what did Abraham do that God called him the father of all faith? Well, let's look, let's look at a summary, a biography of Abraham. Look at Hebrews 11, 8 to 10. It says what? Abraham trusted God. Step right there. Abraham what? We know Abraham today just because he trusted God. Not because of the clothes he wore, the food he ate, the places he lived. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Centuries he has come and gone. He's dead in heaven now. We know him because what? He trusted God. Abraham trusted God. And watch this. And when God told him to leave home and go far away to another land that he promised to give him, Abraham obeyed. Away he went, not even knowing where he was going. Now, when God told this man, he was an old man. He had a lot of property. God says, pack up and leave. If God told you to pack up and leave right now, will you leave? Say, oh, no, no, God, I want to leave five years from now. I want to leave the end of the year. I'm not ready yet. 
How about God told you to leave where he hasn't told you? Just, just, just keep going. I'll tell you where. You can, you, can, you, can imagine the, you can imagine the conversation that Abraham had with God. God, you want me to leave, but I mean, what about my, my property, the buildings that I have and my cows, my goats, my sheep? I say, go. God says, I want you to go. Well, where am I going, Lord? I say, get up and go. I'll show you. Keep going. And what did he do? He obeyed. God says, I want you to leave home and go far away to another land that I promised to give you. Abraham obeyed. Away he went. Not even knowing where he was going. That's faith. Faith is trusting God even when you don't know how it's going to turn out. Keep reading. It says, and even when he reached God's promised land, what happened? <laughs> he lived in tents like a mere visitor, as did Isaac and Jacob, to whom God gave the same promise. So faith is for trusting God, not knowing when it's going to turn out. Faith is trusting God, not knowing when it's going to turn out. So you see three generations here, right? So he left. He was living in tents in a temporary place as a stranger. Not only his lifetime, but his lifetime, his children's lifetime, Isaac, his what? Grandchildren's lifetime, Jacob. Three generations. He hasn't received the promise yet. Faith is what? Leaving the timing in whose hands? Because God knows best. And his timing is best. Can anyone, I, 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 can anyone testify that God's timing is the best? That God has done something for you at the right time? says, man, I'm so glad God did it at the right time. Let's keep reading. It says what? It says, Abraham what? Did this. Why? Because what? He was confidently waiting for God to bring him to that strong, heavenly city whose designer and builder is God. He didn't trust God because of the money he was going to make, the fame and the glory he was going to make. He says he's trusting God because I want to see God. I've heard about this paradise. He was looking to, God, I want to be with you. It's all about being with you. He's looking for that heavenly city. He's looking for paradise, looking that one day when I die, I see God face to face, I'll hear God say, welcome. I'm not looking for money, or I'm not looking for fame, or I'm not looking for houses, or I'm not looking for clothes, I'm not looking for glory for mankind, or I'm looking to, I'm looking to be with God, I'm looking for the glory of God. He said, because of that, I'm going to trust God. You see, people are following God because of materialism. God's going to bless me, and so I'm going to trust in him, and then... It doesn't happen for one month, three months, six months, and then they give up on God. And then they give up on their dream. But faith is believing and trusting God, even though you don't know how it's going to turn out. You don't know when it's going to turn out and what gives you the confidence that you see God face to face. That you will see God face to face. You will be with God. That God, glory to God, that you, you will live, you will live under the promise of Almighty God, that what God says, you bring it to pass in your life. And so you leave the timing and the way to Almighty God. And here's what the Bible tells us about this faith walk, this faith journey. How we depend on God is through faith. He says, we too can be with Abraham and share the blessing of Abraham. Profound portion of scripture. Look at Galatians 3.9. It says, all who put their faith in Christ, do what? Share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Look at Abraham. Abraham was so blessed. God says, I will bless you and your blessing will be as numerous as the stars of the earth. That was, I'll bless you beyond your imagination. 
Oh, if you walk with God and you depend on God's power, here's what will happen. God will bless you so much that you can't even count your blessings. And as you raise both hands up, God will bless you so much you'll forget the blessing of the Lord. Not only will you forget your misery and your problems and your shame and your trouble, but you even forget the good. They will be so numerous. It's like it's too much, oh. It's too much. Glory to God. Every day of your life, you are a walking miracle. You are a living miracle. You are a testimony that Jesus is still transforming lives. He has done plenty good in your life that even if he doesn't bless you anymore, you are still satisfied. You are rejoicing about the blessing of last year, five years, ten years, and he's still bringing more. He says, while you are still eat, while you are eating yesterday's blessing, I still got more for you. I will cause your cup to overflow. He says, the righteous will never be forsaken. They will have more to eat than to spare. He says, I'll take you the needy from the garbage dump and I'll elevate you to sit at tables with princes. Glory of what never happened to you, never happened to your ancestors, never happened to your neighbors. You will see the goodness of the Lord. You will taste of the blessing of the Lord in the land of the living. Glory to Almighty God. He says, you too will experience the same blessing. Somebody put you around the same blessing. What kind of blessing? That the blessing of the Lord we've so numerous Far or a number the stars of the stars or the sand of the seashore. Glory to Almighty God. You will live a well-lived life. A well-lived life. And it will not be a cliche that people will say when you die. But you know the day you are breathing your last, you say, God, I thank you. I thank you. You will be rejoicing for what the Lord has done through your life. That he has blessed you. You, glory to God. All who put their faith in Christ will share the same blessing that Papa Abraham received because of his faith. And so because of your faith in Christ, you're going to be blessed. Not only you, your children and your children's children. You'll be in heaven. Glory to God. Some of you can see that right now. It's not that your children are smart. But the Lord, the blessing of the Lord has opened doors for them. He has blessed you, your children, and your grandchildren. Somebody say amen to them. That is the overflow cup of God. He's blessed you so much that glory to God. Your children are living under your blessing. Doors are opening for them. Breakthrough is coming their way. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. God blesses those who depend on him. Who depend on him. And you do it. And so here's the secret. I told you today I will share with you the secret to be blessed by God. Here's the second secret. The more I depend on God, the more God will bless me. How hard is this? How hard is this? God has made it for you so easy. The more you depend on God, the more you trust God, the more, even in, in bad times, in difficult times, in this COVID season, you don't allow your heart to be stressed and worried by faithless doing, by trivial thinking. You throw it all on the altar of God. And you say, God, I trust you. You brought me here. You've done great also. I believe in your word. I believe in your promises. They are yea and amen. You're not through with me. Even in this situation, you are still making a way where there's no way. And I know a blessing is coming out of this. You trust God. You confess it. You, conf you profess it before your family, before your neighbors, before your boss, before your customers, before anyone who dare ask you how things are going. I'm trusting in the Lord. I'm depending on God. You make your life a living testimony of the presence and the power of Almighty God. God will make a way will be your mantra. 
the more you depend on God, oh, God will bless you. And he wants to bless you, mighty God. He wants to bless you, mighty God. Matter of fact, that is one of the reasons why God puts us in situations that we can't handle to encourage us to depend on him. God knows that the more faith we have in him, the more he's going to bless us. And so he puts us in situations for us to exercise faith in him so he can bless us. He says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. And he, he says God tests our faith. Not to weaken us, but test, test our faith so that we'll trust in him so he'll bless us the more. Glory to God. Faith is precious like a mural that when it's on the fire, it shines. It shines like gold or diamonds. But they mine it out of great testing. And we see everybody that God used was tested. Look at Abraham. He was tested. Not only to leave his land and leave his property and go where, where he didn't know he was going, a strange land. I mean, look at, look at he and Sarah, childless for all, most of their life, but they trusted in God. Look at Joseph through testing, testing and having faith in God. They were blessed. Look at the three Hebrew boys through testing. When their faith grew stronger, God blessed them the more. What are you going through right now is a test of your faith, not to weaken your life, but so you depend on God for God to bless you the more. So it's a blessing in disguise. So take advantage of that and trust in God. Do you want blessing of God in your life? Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Next we come to church and I'll share with you how when you live for the glory of God, that's a third layer of blessing that comes unto you. I want you to chew on these two this week. Meditate on that. Seek God first above all else. How do we seek God first? In our finances our interest, in our relationship, in our schedule, in our time. And God says, boy, have I got something, a blessing poured over your life. God blesses those who depend on him. Depend on God. And God will show you something. God will take you places you've never been. Let's end on this note. Look at this amazing portion of scripture. I love this portion of scripture. Look at this. <laughs> you see this? <laughs> Man, read that with me. It says what? A little bit louder. No one who believes in Christ will ever. <laughs> this is one of those double affirmatives. No one. It happens every single time. Never fail. Never fail. That if you trust in God, if you trust in God, you seek God above all else. You lay your life down for God. God says, never, ever, ever, ever will you be disappointed. You won't be disappointed in your health, in your finances, in your job, in your family. Never disappointed. God will come through for you time and time again. Oh, this week. Let this be the prophetic call of, call of God on your heart and your mind. Say, the Lord all-powerful. The Lord all-powerful. <laughs> Elohim is that name. The Lord all-powerful. Elohim. This is what he said about your life. He says what? You people are what? Precious to me. Hello, you are what? Tell somebody you are precious to God and say, me too. You are precious to God. Don't you forget that. Oh. Don't let anybody take that away from you. You are what? 
Precious to God. The Hebrews, you are God's segula. Treasured possession. <laughs> Don't let anybody look down on you. Dismiss them when they are looking down. Put cotton wool in your ear if somebody is trying to talk you down. Because God says what? You are precious to God. What does it mean? He says, when, and, and, and when I come to bring justice, I will what? Protect you just as parents protect an obedient child. Then everyone will once again see the difference between those who obey me by doing right and those who reject me by doing wrong. God says, I will show you the difference between those who are on my side and those who are not. It doesn't matter the, the color of their skin, where they came from, how they were born. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But there is a clear difference between those who are my children and those who are not. Because you are, oh my Lord, God will take you places you've never been. Do you believe that? <laughs> oh my Lord, the Lord isn't finished with you. <laughs> you seek his kingdom first above all else. Depending on his power for the rest of your life. And God says, I will show you the difference between those who love me and those who do not. I will show you the difference. Glory to Almighty God. You could be on the same job with your coworkers. You could be, your boss could be making more money than you do. Writing your paycheck, signing your time card, and God is blessing you higher than them. He says, I will show you the difference. Glory to Almighty God. I will show you, you could be living in the same neighborhood, next door to a neighbor, same neighborhood, same street. And God is what? Elevating you elevating you more than your neighbors why because you are a child of almighty God you are seeking God first depend on his power you are connected with God because I will show the world the difference God doesn't treat everybody the same he says what I am on the side on the side of my people they are my treasured possession you could be in the same family born by the same mom and dad and if you are a child of God the Lord will elevate you higher than your siblings oh God I'm not knocking down your siblings but the difference maker is sticking with God the difference maker the difference maker glory to God oh my Lord those who are blessed by God and who are on on the side of God whose side are you leaning on somebody right right now glory to Almighty God before we leave today you tell God the Lord the Lord the Lord the Lord the Lord I want what you want for me Tell God that right now. Tell God that. Tell him that. Tell him that. Help me to seek you first. I've heard your word. You say I'm precious to you. I didn't know that. But now I'm even more excited. <laughs> Amen. Then I'm not just here all by myself. But you got me covered. Tell him that. Tell him that. Pray that prayer of commitment. Surrender. Say, God, you want my life and I'm giving it to you. From here on, until I see you face to face, I'm yours and you are mine. I want you, I want you, I want you. Put yourself, amen, available to God right now. And tell him to give you a heart to seek him first in these areas where he wants us to show dependence on him, to give him priority. Help me, Lord, to seek you first in my finances. To demonstrate priority in my interest, in my relationships, in my schedule. And even in my troubles, Lord God, don't let me come to you as a last resort. But here am I. I give it all to you, Lord. Glory to God.